Oh, welcome, Peter. Do you like the cooler weather or are you a summer summer person? I actually like the cooler weather to start with, but I get over it you fairly over quickly. It. It's a nice <laughs> it's time a nice of change. year, isn't it, right now? Just Absolutely. cooling down. The bodies mm. aren't as hot all the time, not as humid. I'm liking it. I'm loving the sleeping of a night time. Like I said, the last two nights have been great to be able to have a, a doona on and you just feel like you have a good night's sleep or a better night's sleep. You do feel more rested, definitely. Yeah, now, look, we're going to look at anxiety uh, today, something that I don't think you should be feeling today because I've heard a rumour you've been away fishing. I have. I've come back very relaxed, would you believe it? Wife and kid free. (laughs) Half your luck. Half my luck, that's right. (laughs) We'll talk a little bit more about anxiety. You were actually filling me in off air and it's something we should talk about on air. We hear it all the time, anxiety, but what is it? What is anxiety? What causes it? Well, look, it's 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 one of the most commonly diagnosed mental conditions currently um, in the Western world. So it's a, it's a pandemic in its own right or an epidemic at the very least. And no one's 100% sure what causes anxiety or why we're seeing such an increase in it. But um, my, my version of it is that basically it's a disordered um, functioning of the brain that's part of our normal response but for some reason it gets becomes exaggerated or we lose the ability for the body and the brain to actually turn it off so anxiety is part of our normal stress response you've heard of the fight or flight response yes so if we're in the jungle come across a tiger um, it's a surge of adrenaline to either wrestle the tiger or climb the nearest tree Mm. Um, but the but then once you've dealt with the situation, your nervous system should turn back off. Mm-hmm. So it should only really that stress response should turn on for fifteen to seventeen minutes and then turn back off again. Okay. What happens with people that suffer anxiety though is that that stress response is firing or turning on, not always because they're seeing a tiger. So the difference between the normal stress response and anxiety is. You're nice and calm. So the normal response, you're nice and calm, going for a walk in the jungle. You see a tiger. You make a perception about tiger equals danger, and your nervous system gets a message. Your adrenals, your brain sends a message to your adrenals, and the nervous system turns on. Anxiety is where you wake up in the morning, and already that nervous system has been triggered. You can't turn it off, or it turns on without you knowing. It's turned on without you even knowing, maybe even while you've been asleep. And we see this a lot with people that have sleep apnea. All night they're getting little shots of adrenaline because their body's trying to keep their breathing going, basically. So they wake up already with their nervous system turned on. The difference is now the the, the physiology's really stressed with all these stress hormones. So their brain now starts to look for where the tiger is. Okay. So now they'll think, oh, I feel terrible. It must be because something's going to happen today or... They'll become fixated on a They're health dreading issue. the day. They're dreading the day already because their nervous system is telling them there's a tiger. Their rational brain can't actually see a tiger, so they're going to make up the reason for why they feel so terrible. So, Peter, for anyone that's had an anxiety attack, and I don't know what the statistics are, but I imagine most of us or many of us have at least experienced one of them before, um, it can be quite disconcerting in the fact that you're going about your day not even realising there's a problem and then you just hit with, you know, sound is so loud and you're anxious and you're short of breath or, you know, whatever your symptoms may be. Why do we not realise that there's that it's building to that? How come it just sort of ambushes us and all of a sudden we're like, oh, my God, I'm not okay? That's a great um, – it's actually a very good um, explanation of what an, a panic attack actually is. It, it is literally where our nervous system ambushes us. And um, 
I sort of equate it to the perfect storm. Like a lot of patients I see that come in describing set symptoms and their worries about certain things often don't realize that they're already suffering from what I would see as general anxiety disorder. Right. You don't always realize that your nervous system's creeping into that anxiety sort of state because it's like the, the old saying of the frog in the pot of water. You know, poor frogs, but you put a frog in a pot of water and put it on the stove, it doesn't realize it's getting cooked until all of a sudden it, it's too late. It's too late. Mm. You know, whereas if you put a frog in a pot of boiling water, it's going to jump out straight away. So I think what happens with anxiety for a lot of people, they don't even realize they're suffering from anxiety. But over a period of time, their thought process become disordered that they start to become fixated on other things as being the cause of their why they're feeling so terrible. So someone might come in really stressed about having like gut symptoms like bloating but oftentimes it's not the bloating that's the problem that's relatively easy to sort out it's their high level of anxiety about having the bloating okay <clears throat> so it's really fascinating and the panic attack is we were talking about this before um that it's kind of like the perfect storm you don't always realize that your nervous system is working under a heightened level of stress that, you know, even just being awake, your nervous system now is a seven or an eight. And a panic attack happens when there's a perfect storm. You might not sleep well the night before. Sure. Um, alcohol will can be a trigger. You might have a big night the night before and the next day just be sitting watching TV and something happens that you wouldn't even think would worry you, but it's enough to be the last straw that triggers that full-on stress response or that panic attack. Okay. We might come back and talk about how to break the cycle um, of anxiety. But before we do, just really quickly, Peter, um, people that say, oh, you know, just chill out, don't worry, when, when someone does suffer from anxiety, you know, can you equate that to telling someone with a broken leg, oh, don't worry about it, you know, go for a run, push through it. Is it is it a similar thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. I often, <clears throat> pardon me, use the analogy of um, migraines. You know, when someone has a migraine, you know, we don't say to them, just to, just to, you're imagining the pain or, you know, you need to be more positive. Like if you're suffering from anxiety, like the the blood supply, the nerve supply to the front responsive or responsible part of the brain, our rational thought process is disconnected. So saying to someone having anxiety, you know, you need to be more positive or just relax is ridiculous because, as you said, it's like saying to someone with a broken leg, just ignore it, just go for a run. Like it's mm. not going to happen. Let's go to the phones now. Chris, you're in Lambton. You wanted to talk about stress, something that you suffer from? Yeah, um, yeah. I'm the Chris that rings you all the time, darling. Um, thank you for taking my call. Um, I get stressed. I have panic attacks, but I play music and I relax with the music. And I think that helps me a great deal with the panic attacks that I have. That's fantastic, Chris. And I take my time. I, I do deep, deep breaths in and out and, and breathe. Um, with, um, sit there and deep, take some deep breaths and try to get rid of it that way as well. That's really clever. I think putting on music that you either love or relaxes you and then I guess you're actively breathing then you're conscious of your breaths while listening to something that calms you. That, that is a good one. It's a great one. Music is a great way of triggering endorphins and other brain chemicals that can calm us down. 
So it's very, very clever, actually, what Chris just said, is to put on music that you associate or your brain and nervous system will actually respond to is um, very clever. They also suggest that when you're birthing as well. So there you go. It must be good. <laughs> good on you, Chris. Thank you very much for the call. Uh, let's go to Warwick now in Cardiff. Warwick, you've got a comment on anxiety? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've been experiencing it for a long time myself. But um, it was only uh, a number of several months ago, I actually thought it was like I was experiencing depression. And um, I just come across, uh, there's something on Facebook, I found, you know, when people post things, and it, when I looked at it, it just gave some more, a, a description of what I was going through, and it was actually more linked to anxiety. And um, uh, so, yeah, well, and it can be, what I found is just things like small things that might trigger, trigger it. Yep. Um, some things are short term. Some things can be long term. And I'm yeah. Sorry. What sort of what sort of triggers do you find, Warwick? If you don't mind sharing. Yeah. So it, it might be just something you know a negative. Say if you've read something and it's from the news, or um, if uh, you know it's something at work, it, and it might be anything major, but it can be something that it might be just you know something you've found it has a negative type of yep. uh, thing to it. And yep. It can stay with um, you, can't it? You might mm. not realise that it affects you at the time, but it might mm. sort of just sort of be going around in the brain and hits you later on. Well, I think oh, I think also, too. sorry, I think also Warwick too, like what, what happens is when your nervous system, it's like that frog in the pot of water, when your nervous system is already in a heightened state, I think you'll take, we all take things to heart a lot more as well. Exactly. So right. that's a good yeah. sign. That's a good sign that your anxiety is actually elevated when we're more reactive to stuff. So that's a really good realisation to have. Yeah. Thank you for the call, Warwick. It's it's interesting. Sometimes we don't even realise it. It took me it's, years to work out. I'd wake up and think, oh, you know, when you're just in a bad mood when you wake up? Yes. And I'd think, oh, today's not going to be good. And then things would happen in the day and I, I, I would think, oh, I knew today wasn't going to be good, but it was actually my reactions to everything that was making the day worse. Well, we actually, interestingly, we actually wake up in the morning with a big shot of cortisol and adrenaline. Like our brain sends a message to our nervous system. Like a lot of people that have anxiety wake up anxious because that waking response is over-exaggerated as well. So they're already literally, their brain is in that that heightened something's going to happen state. And then if someone gets up, has a couple of cups of coffee, that keeps them, beats them more. If they then watch the news, which is always doom and gloom as well, like already before their day started, it's going to be a day that's just feels so out of their control. They're not going to be able to manage things yeah. like they normally Snow, would. Snowball, mm. snowballs. Thanks for the call, Warwick. So how to break the cycle, Peter? How do we break the cycle when we're in a pattern of feeling quite anxious and, and waking up in a state of anxiety to begin with? Well, look, I think that, you know, as as we've as I've mentioned a lot on this show previously, you know, our, our naturopathic approach to treating something like anxiety is not to just treat the anxiety but to treat the whole person the trick first initially is to try and out try and find out what the contributing factors are um you know anxiety can arise from a host of different factors and combinations um like digestive dysfunction and we've talked before about the role that 
healthy microbiome or healthy gut bugs may play in helping to keep our um, stress response calmer. Um, hormonal dysfunction. You know, a lot of women experience estrogen dominance where the estrogen may be too high in their cycle or their progesterone is not coming up enough and they'll suffer horrendous PMS and their anxiety will often be worse in that premenstrual yeah. sort of phase. Yep. Um, so, yeah, and then there's the genetic predisposition as well, like anxiety does run in families as well. So people will often say, oh, yeah, my mum was anxious or my dad's crazy anxious or whatever. So there's lots of lots of drivers or contributing factors. Um, so gut health issues, uh, genetics. Um, but then there's lots of things we can be doing. So once we find out where someone's whole health is up to, you know, getting their diet right, working on improving their sleep patterns because a lot of people with anxiety often have a poor pattern of sleep as well. Mm, which is only making it, it worse. the whole nervous system. So Body's not recovering properly. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even maybe when they're asleep, they're not getting into those deep restorative cycles where their nervous system is actually turning off. So, you know, we start from there initially to get make sure their, their diet right, their gut's right, they're starting to improve their sleep patterns. Um, and then herbal medicine, I find, really helps just to turn the corner. Like sometimes you've got to take something. Health and well-being with Peter Mullen. We've been looking at anxiety. And, Peter, we've discussed things like, you know, exercising, getting enough sleep, watching your diet. But there are some natural strategies to support anxiety as well and supplements. Yeah, absolutely. Like the first um, – one of the best exercises, I think, for anyone – and this is a great tip – because people can, you've got this with you everywhere you go and it's your breath. So one of the best things if you experience a panic attack or feeling anxious is to practice what's called square breathing. Mm-hmm. So imagine a square. So you breathe in for the count of four. Yep. So hold your breath for a count of four. One, two, three, four. Breathe out through your nose for a count of four. One, two, three, four, and then hold your breath out for a count of four or pause. One, two, three, four, and then ah. you breathe in again. Okay, that's quite, yeah, right. All through your nose and out through your nose. But when you change, because most times when you're having anxiety or you're having a panic attack, your breathing changes and it speeds up. Yeah, yeah. And taking deep breaths isn't necessarily the way to go because you'll upset the oxygen carbon dioxide balance in your blood. Okay. And a lot of the symptoms you get when you're having a panic attack, like the tingling around the mouth and the fingers can claw up a little bit and tight-chestedness actually happens because of this imbalance between your oxygen and your carbon dioxide. So that's why in the old days they'd recommend that people without having anxiety or even asthma would breathe into a paper bag. Yeah, yes, okay. To try and not over-breathe and get too much, like upset that, too much oxygen, not enough carbon dioxide. So square breathing is awesome, and it's you can do it anywhere, anytime. You might have to put up a video demonstrating the, the yeah, we square might have breathing. To do that, actually. Yes, we okay. can do that as a demo. So that's a good one. Uh, herbal medicine. Um, one of my favourite herbs for helping with anxiety is kava. Kava is not suitable for everybody. That's the celebratory drink in Fiji. Sure is. <laughs> and um, kava. There was a good study at Monash University. People can check that out where they compared kava to some of the uh, benzodiazepams like Valium, etc. Yeah, okay. And they found kava was just as effective with none of the side effects with awesome. treating general anxiety disorder. Um, but again, kava's funny. Like if my wife has it, and I think we were talking about this, my wife will have really vivid, very vivid dreams. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not suitable for everybody. And 
you shouldn't take kava if you're also taking already taking antidepressants or sleeping medication without supervision. Um, other herbs I love, one of my favorite herbs for anxiety is passion flower. So as the name doesn't, it's got nothing to do with passion. It's all to do with um, really helping to reset that stress response. Okay. And the other herb that I really love is Mexican valerian, which is good for both anxiety and for um, insomnia as well. Well, some really good tips there, Peter. I know we could uh, keep talking on this. It's such a big topic, but we're out of time. Maybe one we'll revisit. Yeah, definitely, definitely, because it is such a big problem. And, um, yeah, we'll get on and and do a demo of um, square breathing. I think that's a good idea. And, of course, if you've got any questions or suggestions of topics, you can always let us know as well by going to the website, 2NURFM.com.au and going to health and wellbeing. Peter, we'll catch up with you same time next week. Lovely, lovely to see you as usual. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, wellbeing, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.au.